G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. Welcome to the Footyology Podcast with Rowan Connolly and Mark Fine. G'day everyone, welcome to the Footyology Audio Podcast pre-round 23 preview edition. I think I've got all those bits out there. Very good morning to you, Mark Fine. Good morning, Rowan. You've got a pep in your step that must have something to do with the turmoil currently being um, felt by the right side of politics in Canberra, <laughs> the Liberal Party in Disarray. Well, it's pretty funny. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, no matter where your political allegiances uh, lie, what a tin pot uh, political system we've become. And uh, at this point, looking like Peter Dutton is going to become prime minister, that will, if you count Kevin Rudd twice, give us our sixth prime minister in eleven years, which frankly is a complete joke. Now, um, it, you know, it, it's going to fall to me, I believe. Yeah to mark the passing this week of a giant of the Australian trade union movement and of the left wing of politics and, I think, a former leader of the Communist Party. Uh, Was that Laurie Laurie Carmichael? Laurie Carmichael passed away at the age of 93. In fact, seeing you mention it, um, gee, it's been a sad week. Um, Well, it's been a sad week for for me, to be honest. Ron Carter, former age chief footy writer, passed away. uh, So, you know, real valet... Valet to a great there. He, he was a great uh, sports writer. It covered a heap of Olympic Games. Uh, was the chief footy writer of the age for about or oh, twenty odd years, I think. And Ronnie was actually my dad. My dad was a journo too. They worked on the Argus together back in the um, mid fifties. And uh, Ronnie lived uh, above my family in um, some flats that the company owned in in Wattle Tree Road. So. Uh, I sort of came across Ronnie Carter twice, and um, yeah, very sad. And the other one, um, and I know we're a footy podcast, but uh, Spencer P. Jones, the leading Australian musician uh, who was in a number of bands, starting with Cuban Heels, The Johnnies, uh, Beasts of Bourbon, did his own solo stuff for 20 years, or Spencer passed away on... Tuesday evening um, after a, a fight with cancer and um, Spencer and my brother Steve were in Cuban Hills together and I grew up with Spencer as well. He was like a fixture around at our place when I was a teenager and a, a lovely guy. So yeah, it's been a pretty sad week for um, people in the football media, the music world, the trade union movement. In fact, I've got a funny feeling my parents had something to do with Laurie Carmichael too. So. Well, he was, he was the head of the Communist Party. Yeah, so. yeah. well, mum and dad, um, uh, anyone now raising their eyebrows, yes, my parents were members of the Australian Communist Party, as indeed were quite a lot of people in the early 50s. They got out after the um, the invasion of Hungary in uh, 1956, but... Uh, I digress. We we probably ought to talk some footy finding. It's been a it's been a quietish week actually in the lead up to that final round. I suppose news wise, probably the biggest uh, story has been Essendon perhaps telling, well not perhaps perhaps the biggest news story has been Essendon telling Brendan Goddard that he wouldn't be 
offered another contract and now I guess speculation whether he'll play on, whether anyone will offer him another contract. Uh, do you think Essendon made the right decision? Yep. Yeah, I think it was time to call. Uh, it, it's not wrong to call time on his career. And I think Brendan should and will follow suit. Look, he's a pragmatic fellow. Everybody knows on field he's a ferocious competitor and that sometimes is in cutaway shots proven to be so with his teammates. But, you know, he's a driven footballer, high standards. Two clubs can look at him as a champion. He was certainly a champion at St Kilda and he brought great qualities to Essendon in difficult times. And, you know, you wouldn't, do you really want to see him have a year at the Gold Coast or at Fremantle? Because they're, you know, or maybe you could end up at Carlton after all these years, the player that they felt that was wrenched from them. Back in 2002. Part of the penalties imposed because of salary cap breaches. Now, I think it's time for BJ to call time on a great career and he would be a valued addition to any coach's box. I was thinking, um, as Essendon put up this great video of him addressing um, the rest of the team and announcing that decision, and if was he the only person crying in the room? No, well, no, no. I, Michael Hurley responded, and he was quite emotional as well. But gee, he was so emotional, he broke down about five or six times. And um, I was going to say, I mean, if you ever doubted the sincerity of the of the Brendan Goddard passion, I think that would have convinced you otherwise. And no, I, I really honestly get the impression that he is much loved by his teammates. Oh, much loved. Yeah. Oh, well, why did you say that? Is he, was he the only person crying? It sort of made it think sound like they were wrapped that he was going. Because the footage, actually, that I saw, yeah. sorry, on Fox Sports, yeah. had sort of some po-faced players. I think they almost did it on purpose. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Um, no, no, there was genuine um, there was genuine love in the room, I think it's fair yeah, to say. And look, he kept in contact with St Kilda teammates, former teammates, through his time at Essendon, and he'd be welcome at both clubs down the track. But as I say, it, you'd think all, all indications are that he would stay on in football in coaching. He seems to have a passion for how the game is played. Yeah, yeah, well, certainly. It'd be an interesting special comments, man. Oh, I, th- I think he'd be excellent. Um, you know, he's very articulate. He'd be uh, be interesting as a coach too. He'd certainly, I, I think, even he'd concede he'd have to moderate aspects of his personality. I think, but there's no doubt the um, the football brain is there. I mean, we've seen enough evidence of that. And just to his time at Essendon, I mean, he really, <clears throat> pardon me, he really got a shit sandwich when he went to Essendon, didn't he? I mean, right at the time the whole supplements thing blew up. He's played five years there, and in every single year, he's finished him a top five in the best and fairest. And even in years, like I, I thought earlier this year, oh, geez, he's struggling. And I have continued to think that, and yet we're, if I'm thinking about most consistent Essendon players this year, he'd again be in the top five for me. So um, I, I think there's two things here about him playing on. One is um, the thing about the position... I'm pretty convinced the only sort of position he can occupy now is that sort of sweeping across half-back role. Yeah. And I think that's a role that most clubs have filled and can fill reasonably easily. And But it's it's I think it's um, become... It's past its years by date because they're looking for that loose player in the back line if there is such a player to be able to run speedily out of the back line. So Essendon would be looking to free up 
McKenna or Sard mm. not yeah. have the ball in the more stagnant hands of a good kick. Yeah, plus you've got Marty Gleeson coming back next year, plus Aaron Francis now has to slot into that defence yeah, on a yeah, permanent right. basis. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if someone comes to the party. And uh, in that case, I mean, if, if Friday night is his final game, it's... It's a fair legacy, 331 games, best and fairest, uh, could have won the 2010 well, Norm Smith medal. Well, that, of course, is his great, the, the memory that most St Kilda supporters will have. Mm. After a great career at the club, uh, you look back and you remember that magnificent mark he took and kicked the goal, which is sometimes not the case in football, but did it under extreme pressure. But not just that. I mean, his whole... No, his game was great. Correct. But he took that magnificent mark, and then the moment that St Kilda cost St Kilda the win was not the bounce to Milne as much as the ball going the other end. Maxwell had taken a great mark. The ball ends up going into the goal square. Now, this is at the very opposite end of the ground for the heroics of the goal. And Goddard flew over the back of um, uh, two Collingwood big men. Now, Dawes was at the front yeah, and Cloak. Cloak, and he had just about taken another superb mark. Now, people talk about Heater's smother in the replay. Don't worry about that. He spoiled Goddard. He somehow got over the back of Goddard and fist the ball to the front where the very fortuitous doors who the first rule in football is don't lose your feet. He went to ground. He crumbled like a, a an ancient, um, you know, Greek edifice and the ball ended up in his hands and he kicked the, he, he got the ball through to, Handball to, cloak. to cloak and got the goal. Now, had Goddard taken that mark and full credit to Heath Shaw for spoiling him, had he taken that mark, how famous would that have been? Because he would have taken the mark of one of the great grand final marks to kick a goal, yeah. and then he would have done a Leo Barry. Leo it Barry, would have been yeah. an absolute Leo Barry, so no, that's my spot. memory. No, it's, it's been a great career. Um, let's also talk about the Coleman medal, because it's one of the more exciting finishes to a Coleman medal race we've seen. Now, going into the final round, you've got Jack Rewalt leading on 60. Ben Brown is on 58. Buddy Franklin on 57. Some doubts about his fitness. And Tom Hawkins on 56. So any one of four players you'd think can still win it. What's your tip? Uh, I know it's a very slow time. You know, the total goals is going to be right down there amongst one of the lowest figures, isn't it? Uh, I should have come armed with that stat, but I think off the top of my head... It Carlos could, will get it for us. It could... Uh, Coleman Medal tallies, Carl, while we're talking. It yep. could... I think John Peck in 1961 or two yep. ended up with 61 yep. or so goals. Yeah. So it's going to be... Um, I think I think in the 50s, Bill Young of St Kilda might have won it in, the, in high, the 50s. In the high 50s. Yeah, right. Yeah, But um, we're talking about those sort of numbers, aren't we? Well, when you go back to, you know, Buddy Franklin kicking over 100 in yep. 10 years ago, I mean, it, it has come down remarkably quickly. Um well, Rewalt, uh, Richmond play the Bulldogs. Uh, ben Brown, North play St Kilda. Hawthorne, Sydney, of course. And uh, and Buddy has struggled a bit against the Hawks for the Swans. And Hawkins. Hawkins, half a chance. He's four goals behind Rewalt, but Geelong play Gold Coast down yeah. the Cattery, which could be absolute carnage. Well, it's, it's delicately poised, deliciously poised, as Bruce might say, because... 
Remember, Gold Coast coughed up 10 goals against Jack Rewald at home only a couple of weeks ago. So Hawkins could easily um, post a figure. What are the order of the games? We'll do that a little bit later, but that becomes central to the discussion as well because there might be a sort of clubhouse figure. Yeah, well, um, Tigers on uh, Saturday, we're caught short today, aren't we? Yeah. I think Tigers and... Because I think North St Kilda are late. Hawthorne St Kilda is... uh, Hawthorne Sydney is Saturday night. Yep. Um, Geelong Gold Coast is Saturday afternoon. Just on those tallies, by the way. So Buddy won it last year with 69. Yep. Uh, Buddy won it in 2014 with 67. Yep. We've had 68, 65. Um, yep. So there's a clubhouse, not leader, clubhouse. Low. Low, 65. And I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling down, all the way down to Peck in 64, 68. Yes. Peck in 63, 69. Mm-hmm. Doug Wade in 62, won it with 62. Yep. And uh, the year before that, Tom Carroll, Carlton, 54. So unless, um, yeah, okay, if Rewalt wins it and uh, he kicks, fails to kick more than two, Hmm. it'll be equal low with Doug Wade. Uh, How many years ago is that? 56 years ago. Wow, that's ridiculous. So... Who's your tip? I mean, I am... Um, I'm going to... I've got a certainty. Yeah, okay. Well, Hawkins will kick plenty, but it's still four behind. I think, buddy... Yeah, I'm going with Jack Rewalt. I reckon the Bulldogs might sort of shut up shop. Uh, He's two in front. So if he kicks three, means the others have got to get five. Yeah, Rewalt for me. Yeah, absolute certainty, Ben Brown. Yeah? Why, you reckon he'll kick ten? Well, well, they're going last. They'll be last. Oh, yeah. that's the last game on Sunday. Correct. St Kilda's defence at the moment is, um, I mean, Carlisle will come back, but he'd probably play on Hugh Goddard, which, and, and North have nothing to play for anymore. Mm. So they will be going for Ben Brown. Yeah. And we should also note that his forward compadre has announced his retirement. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, I thought he might play on because he's sort of, I felt like he was a youngish uh, what is he, 34? Didn't you think White might play him? <laughs> yeah, but a little, it's funny how football fans sit back and sort of say, oh, there's, there's probably another season in White, you know, he can play 14 games, etc. But we don't count in or take make any allowance for the fact that those injuries that we smirk at with Jared Wade, oh, he's never fit, he's never fully fit, that's a lot of work off the track. That's a lot of rehab. That's a lot of extra sessions. It's not easy getting yourself up if your body says no. So, yeah, they might have been able to get the same number of games out of him as this year, mm. but that is a big burden on somebody. Yeah, no, fair point, fair point. And he's, he's had a... Yeah, I mean... It, the only thing with Jared Waite you feel like is if if only he had been more durable because his best was really, um, really good, wasn't it? Well, it's it's even in the last, you know, last week, their, their, their way to the finals looked to be in the last quarter through Jared Waite. Mm. So, yeah, his best is excellent. But body and sometimes mind, that was the frustrating thing with Jared, wasn't it? 
Every now and then, when the body was right, he would sus- get Brain himself fight. suspended yeah. for 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 gabage. Stupid things. Gabage. Yeah. Gabage. French it, garbage. Yeah, no, no. I worked it out, but is that actually how they say it? No, it's um, <laughs> that it's is like go- Tajay. Correct. Yeah, exact, correct. Exactement mon ami. Just on peck. You know, peck is a measurement. A peck. Yeah, a peck. You know, Peter Piper picked a peck. Yeah. Of pickled peppers. Do you know how many a peck is? Um, well, what is it? What's it a measurement of? Pe- pickled peppers. <laughs> no, it's, it's of any, of any dry goods or. Yeah. Um, well, but, but what is it? <laughs> like, a, what is a peck? Well, it actually. I know what a centimetre is. It's yeah, a length. I'm saying it's an old British measurement. Yeah. It's, it's. Is in, it like a finger? It's not metric. It's of, imperial. So, yeah. you know, imperial measurements yeah, yeah. are quite odd. Yeah, yards. Because no. I've heard that question asked, what is a peck? It's actually eight quarts. I'm trying to remember what a quart is. But you see, if I was on that quiz show, if somebody would have asked me... Which one? What, you know, <laughs> like it was one of those smarter shows. Yeah. What is the, the measure, you know, the imperial measurement of a peck is how much? Yeah. I would have said somewhere between 60 and 68 goals a season. Ah, very good. That's a peck to me. Very, very, very good. All you know right. his brother, by the way, played for Hawthorne and St Kilda? What was his name? The other Peck. <laughs> my sister. Peck my, Junior. My sister used to do art classes with him, painting classes. Oh, okay. He was the artistic one. No, he, if he was, if, if he <laughs> ended up. No, my sister's not bad, but, you know, they, he needed classes. Right. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. I think it's probably time we moved on. On Footyology Media Watch. Rightio, a bit of territory to cover in this segment this week. I wanted to start finally. Now that phrase "fake news" has become rather widespread since the. Uh, You've got to say, like Donald, fake news. U.S. election of 2016. Um, but I thought we actually did basically have an example of it this week, and I speak of the Walid Ali quote controversy unquote. Now, if you're not across... But that was on the front page of the Herald Sun. It was. So well, that's always fake news. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> really? Um, it, it, it's fair to say that story sparked a brouhaha that it needn't have, and I think in a quite a cynical manner. So for those people not across this, staggering to think that people might not be across this, but... Um, Extraordinary. Yeah. Um, it, the story came out, I think, was it Monday night... Online, and it was saying that the AFL has uh, handpicked uh, Waleed Ali to um, provide a voice on its proposed rule changes, and um, uh, it sort of flowed on from there and mentioned the other sort of football figures who are involved in this, and that includes some football media figures like Jared Waitley and like Mike Sheen and Jared Healy, and people also have the impression of this that it's a an organised group of people, and it isn't really. They've just sort of randomly, um, at various stages, sort of asked people what they thought about it, and that's often given sort of too much credence in terms of, uh, you know, a formal sort of setting for that. But despite the fact that 50-odd people have been sounded out on this, poor old Waleed um, became the uh, object of much ridicule. And I'll put my hand up here. I wouldn't say ridicule, but when I first read that story, I thought, oh, now that is, um, what are the AFL doing there? I mean, it wasn't, I'm 
I hasten to add, I wasn't dirty on him. I was dirty on the AFL, but I I saw the tweet and put on top of it. Um, okay, you know, rather sort of sarcastically. Anyway, while Wade, when he was finally um, contacted for comment or or did make comment, it turned out there was absolute garbage. He was just another. Per- he'd had a conversation with Nicole Livingston, who runs AFLW. She'd said to him, "Oh, you know, I can uh, run you. Th- I can have them run you through the presentation." which they duly did, and like everyone else, he sat there and listened to them and asked a few questions of his own, and that was it. Um, but this gave the Herald Sun the chance to uh, push a hot-button topic, which for them is people of dark-coloured skin and people of Muslim uh, um, beliefs. Extraction. It, it, well, it's not extraction, is it? But beliefs. Um, and I, I read the comments under that story and 90% of them were disgusting. Now, a lot of them followed this sort of pattern of, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't hate Waleed because he's a Muslim. I hate him because his opinion, you know, he's an arrogant, blah, blah, blah. Shane Warne weighed on this. The Warney one was pretty funny. He said, uh, and Warney has an agenda here too. He had a particularly heated interview with Waleed on the project about his foundation. Warney weighed in with, uh, please don't let this arrogant cretin be involved. Cretin spelt C-R-E-T-A-N. Crete. Yeah, c- correct. So yeah. from Crete. Yeah, correct, yeah. So Warney left himself. Beautiful, on, beautiful island. A little bit open there on a couple of fronts. Anyway, I, I thought um, we sort of expect the media to be this cynical those days, but uh, I thought it was a pretty poor effort from the Herald Sun because they knew what the case was and they framed the wording of that story, so it looked like the AFL had gone to Waleed Ali and singled him out, and it was, oh, here we go, political correctness gone mad. And it was none of those things, and I thought it was really disingenuous of them. But they got what they wanted out of it. They got a whole lot of clicks, and they got a whole lot of uh, reader comments on the bottom. And I tell you what, when I see some of the Herald Sun reader comments these days, I think, what sort of readership has that paper got now? Because... It's, some of it is just absolutely disgusting, and it shouldn't be allowed to be uh, run underneath the story by a, a reputable news organisation. You know, when I heard about this, I, I heard it framed a little bit differently. And look, Rowan, you can call me prejudiced if you want, but I have my likes and dislikes in life, and some of it runs to almost to hatred. And, yeah, so I... I you see, I heard that um, the AFL had consulted a member of the project on rule changes. And I'm not embarrassed to tell you that I immediately was filled with prejudiced hate. But it turned out not to be Pete Hillier, so it's okay. <laughs> I knew that was going somewhere. But, I mean, let's put out... Well, you know, I mean... But what happened to Strawdy? It, it's fair to say, though, you're... I Strawdy was consulted. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the group of people, um, and it's a sizable group. I mean, you're not a huge Waleed fan, are you? It's fair to say. I, you know it's what? okay to say that. No, I don't, I, I, I don't like the project. I don't like a current affairs show yeah. that has to have a Channel 10 sensitivity about it yeah. when Channel 10 stands for nothing for me. That's, it's, it's, I don't... Waleed, nothing personal. No, look, a lot Hellier, of... Hellier, nothing personal. Yeah. Um, a lot of people find Waleed a bit 
smug. No, I don't mind him at all. I'm just saying I, yeah. I don't like that show because I really feel, and I've always felt, what, you know. No, I was just, I was, I, I was going to, okay, no, fair imbued. enough. Let's, let's talk about a serious issue. Imbued with that sort of cool, chic, yeah, yeah, cool, no, hip, yeah. 20-something. I know where Channel you're coming 10, from. You know. I've actually been on the project a couple of times, so I wouldn't mind another invite back. <laughs> the funny thing is, every time I've been on the project, it's been a racism issue, I think. Oh, no, the Essendon drug issue. I was but they, about that. did they tell you to have some sort of hip 18 to 30 sensitivity about it? No, no, but I was, I was in a, sitting in a separate studio whilst they were about 50 metres away in the main studio, and yeah. it was made to look like I was in Helsinki or somewhere <laughs> like that. Um, no, what I was going to say with Wale, and this is a really interesting, and it's probably a bit too deep for but this. But he also plays, he's quite good at footy. He's a really talented guy. Look, I've always loved reading his opinions on politics because he's very educated. He's a great guitarist as well. Like He's a really talented guy, Wale. But when people say he's a bit smug, I, I sort of get that. He can, he, you know, he can come over a bit condescending. But I always ask myself when that arises, if that was a white person who was exactly the same, would those same comments be made? I'm sure that he's got his. It's a difficult Anglo, one to answer. I'm isn't sure it? he's got his Anglo equivalency. Yeah, but would they cop the same sort of thing about smug? It sort of but gets, mainly, but not, not, main, not maybe from um, the white Australian public, but they might be looked. They might be the, sort of the target from minority groups as that sort of self-serving, you know, better better than us. They could have a target on their back from, you know, the other side, and maybe unjustifiably. I, I think that... Are you willing to reconsider your position on now on Andrew Bolt? Um, what is my position on Andrew Bolt? See, I think Andrew Bolt is... Um, I think he's disingenuous as well. I, I really... I think there's a fair bit that he goes with that he doesn't actually believe in. Which to me makes it sort of worse than if he did genuinely believe it. And, and I think the Herald Sun does that a lot. And we, we both finally know of one opinion columnist on the Herald Sun who I will bet my bottom dollar on does that because I know them, unfortunately, or did know them. Okay. Um, they do that a lot. And I, I find that reprehensible. Um, no, the thing, when the Wild story came up, the name Adam Goods came up linked with it a lot because I, I do think that white Australia has a bit of a problem with uh, indigenous or coloured people being a bit too uppity, you know? Like, so if you play by our rules and you're a good boy and you you just play beautiful football or you, you know, you do something nice for the community, we, we love that and we can sort of patronisingly go, oh, you know, isn't it great that we're multicultural? But if they start sort of being a bit aggro, if they start pushing against the system a bit, which Adam Goods did, and I think Waleed Ali has done in various ways, I think people really, some people, uh, I think, take that. That just puts their noses out of joint. And I think Australian society has a hard time um, conceding that about itself because we've loved to see ourselves as laid back and accepting and the land of the fair go. I think it's a long time since this country was the land of the fair go in various ways, but I think particularly that way we struggle with that image of ourselves being challenged. 
Very political program today. Well, yeah, it's hard to talk about this and not go there. But anyway, go on. So just I'm glad you said that I don't disagree that um, that view of Adam Goods as being, you know, an, an, an uppity I'm not going to use the next word because the next word really refers no, back to America. Yeah, you know, but we know what you mean. Yeah, it was it was at a time when, you know, in the South particularly, where African Americans were hoping and fighting to be treated equal, having not long transitioned out of servitude. So, you know, there was a real sense of only speak when you're spoken to, and etc. And I'm glad you said that some Australians took that standpoint because I agree entirely. But I will never ever concede that an entire football going audience that booed him all booed him for the same single reason. Oh, no, I agree with that. But has anyone actually said that, yeah, of though? Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we had Ross Lyon saying, okay, now anybody who boos him, from now on, anybody who boos, it's out there now, so everybody who boos him now is racist. Who said that? Ross Lyon. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Once it was made a a public issue, even even it was even suggested by the AFL through Gill that now to boo him is racist, which is so undemocratic. It was so I can go to the football if I pay to go in there, I can boo, and I do not have to fill in a form to tell you what I'm booing for. Yeah. Well, I think sadly some of those sort of public exhortations may have encouraged more of the booing. You know, I've, I had, I've had a guy who lived down the street from me, and I'd never really met him, but I always seen him go to the footy with his son, and they always waved. I didn't realise that they knew that I was finey from radio. Um, Sri Lankan chap and his son. And he actually came to my door with his son and knocked on the door and said, can I speak to you? Because his son was really upset that he'd heard that all this booing was racist because he'd got involved... And his father said, you know, we just booed because the rest of the crowd was booing. I know it's not a great excuse, but it sort of seemed to get on Adam's nerves. And we thought it was a good way, you know, it was fun. Um, and we heard you talk about it and take that sort of standpoint. And I just wanted my son to meet you because he was crying. Jesus. Because he, post that incident, he felt he thought now that he, what he was doing was racist. <clears throat> And his father said, if it wasn't, that wasn't in your heart when you did it, then don't feel now as you did it because people are saying that it is racist. Yeah. That's good that he came and knocked on your door. Yeah, it was great. It was the first time I met them. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I I agree with you on this. I I agree with you on that. But I do do think that, um, and how, how do you put a number on it, but I do think a significant amount of the booing which followed Adam Goods. You know, it, there's just too many sort of coincidences about it after he be, was named Australian of the Year and, and made that speech, after the thing with the girl at the Sydney Collingwood game. Um, anyway, yeah, look, it's a, it's a really complex area, this, and we've sort of seeged into that from Waleed Ali. I guess both things go to that question of race. And I think this country, um, you know, it, it always... I always look at New Zealand and, and white New Zealand's relationship with the Maoris. Yeah, but as I said a couple of weeks ago, it's different because the Maoris were not conquered. They were not a defeated people. In fact, they agreed to a treaty with the British mm. out of you know out of simple out of pity for them almost. Yeah, I know. They were unconquerable. It 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 seems uh, it's just a much more comfortable 
relationship. And because I, the I, British were never their overlords, masters, yeah. and well, I, I wonder whether we are ever going to be able, able to have that discussion, frankly. And I think there, it's funny. I was doing the rock and roll podcast the other day, and we were talking about number ninety six. And number 96, you're talking about like 1972, and there was a gay character in that, Don Finlayson. And, and wasn't, and wasn't, wasn't there a female gay character as well? Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I just remember and it really. But yeah, look, it, it was pretty risque. Um, yeah. you know, thinking of Abigail, right? No, 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 that was another, was um, saucy. But my point was that Don Finlayson was a very, uh, sympathetic character. You know, he was a popular character. In some ways, our society was more progressive, of course, almost fifty years ago than now. Well, that oh, is the seventies. That the, is outrageous. The seventies was a, a far more liberated period. Well, that is outrageous that we haven't progressed further. And I wonder if uh, that's about attitudes to sex, attitudes to race, and and stuff like that. There is no excuse for us not having become more progressive in those things. I think in race we have become better. Yeah, I don't. The yeah, rise no. of Hansenism, mate. I mean, like you go back to, you know, uh, that 1996 and the emergence of Paul and Hansen and John Howard's tacit acceptance of those views. I, I think that is a defining moment in this country's no, social I, 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 history. No, my kids. Look, my, I, I get from my kids. My, my, honestly, my children, the two older ones, constantly call me a racist. Because every now and then I'll do a funny accent. I said, that's not racism doing a, you know, I've always done, you know, accents, various accents, you know, from, from all the English accents to Indian yeah. accents. So you, you think the bar on what constitutes racism has been raised because you think your kids' standards are much are higher, higher than much yours? Higher. Yeah, okay. No, They've been taught that school, that's completely well, that's, that, different. That sort of gives me hope in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not having a go at you because. I I don't have issues with an accent too, but either. But um, I, I can see how. Yeah, no, that's an interesting. So it's a you can't you can't have this discussion in a, a snappy little soundbite, and I think that's part of the problem with the media, particularly in these issues. That that's the way the world is now. Unless you can sort of encapsulate something in a a cosy little segment, um, it's sort of put in a too hard basket. Well, we I'll, don't have enough of those frank discussions, really. Well, can I go back to my Sri Lankan neighbour who lives three doors down? Yeah. Vincent is his name, and after he brought his son to my place, I now... Is this world beautiful enough for him? He's a, he's a lovely bloke. <laughs> so was it racist? And I was accused again by my children of being racist about a year ago when I needed cumin seeds, and I didn't go to my neighbour's left or right. I went to his place because I... No, of course not. Because I knew that... Did they say that was racist? Yeah. No, no. Well, he's more likely to use cumin seeds. Isn't it cumin? I thought it was cumin. I say cumin. <laughs> but but <laughs> I also pointed out that I don't particularly like... At the time, now we've got some new neighbours, but at the time I didn't particularly like either of my neighbours, so that's why I went looking well, for... Well, maybe they didn't like you. Oh, don't you have problems with your neighbours? Uh, no, funnily it always, enough. It always starts friendly enough. No, no, one of our neighbours we never see, but every interaction has been fine. The other side, and uh, hi to Peter and Mike and Tom and Sam if you're listening, um, they are the best neighbours we've ever had. Okay, so occasionally, very lucky. occasionally you'll have great neighbours and you'll, yeah. you'll put a gate in the fence, as we did growing up with oh, our yeah, neighbours. Right. Yeah. But 
all right, I hope this doesn't get back. It won't get back. Is it wrong? Look, we had neighbours that were really quite nice. There's no problem with them at all. And I, and I knew them because I played cricket with the girl's father, and he was one of my favourite people. But they've got a swimming pool, and they, they, you know, over 10 years, they never, ever had any of our kids over for a swim. Should we resent that? Um, I think they just didn't want to open the door at us coming and going. But yeah, no, pools are an interesting one because they can... 40 degree days, you hear splashing next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a little bit of uh, passive aggression I'd, I'd be inclined to feel about that. We've got a pool and yep. uh, uh, both our neighbours are welcome to use that and do. I, I even said, how about a, like a, th- like a, a, a rule? Uh, we're not going to be over there all the time. 38 plus. Yeah. Yeah, like the get out of school. Correct. Yeah. My kids are dying here. Yeah. I've now got to get in the car and do that horrible public swimming pool thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we if we go away in the summer and, and it's hot, I always make a point of saying to our neighbours, come in and use the pool. How about your workmates? I don't have any workmates. I'm looking at me. Oh, yeah, yeah. If it's oh, really hot. Yeah, you can come over, Finey. Just give us a ring first. Um. All right, what a bizarre note to finish on. Yeah, yeah. no, you're welcome in our pool, Fanny, and cool. you too, Carl. And any listener that would like to No, swim not to- any listener. <laughs> <laughs> not giving out the address. It's not that great a pool, and it's a bugger to keep It'll playing. It'll be a public too. pool if we let everyone Yeah, swim. yeah, no, no. All right, I think it's time we moved on. On Footyology, previews with Punch. Rightio, well, I was thinking uh, before last week, this final round, um, it's going to be extraordinary, but it's sort of a bit of the sting has been taken out of it in terms of who makes it, hasn't it, Finey? I mean, we've got, we kick off, let's get straight it's into it. It's all about the order. Yeah, we kick off Friday evening, Port Adelaide, Essendon. Now, this is a game that's lost a bit of its zing. Port have to win to still have some sort of chance, but you think it's unlikely because... Geelong would have to lose to Gold Coast, basically, and um, that ain't going to happen. Uh, Bombers, nothing to play for now. Um, gave it a reasonable crack against Richmond last week, but sort of fell short. Port been an incredibly disappointing finish to the season for them. They were woeful in that last quarter against Collingwood. Uh, but, you know, finish off with a bang you know, at home. I think they'll win this reasonably comfortably. Tom Bell Chambers out for the Bombers too. Yeah, this will be. Yeah, have a look at those two teams. There will be a a few newbies and maybe some debutants for both sides. This game has gone from something to nothing in a heartbeat. Port Adelaide at home. All right. Uh, now this could be absolute carnage, uh, and it was last Saturday down at the uh, Cattery Geelong. Of course, beat Frio by 133 points. Now they get the Gold Coast even lower on the ladder and with even less to play for, with Carlton now officially wooden spooners. Um, the Cats, uh, is percentage a factor for the Cats? Yeah, it could be. So they'll be out for a big win. Um, all their key players are in really good form. The Suns, yeah, it's just got smashing written all over it, hasn't it? It's a battery at the Cattery. How many goals for Tom Hawkins? 17. No, I'll, I'll, he'll kick, I reckon, nine. Nine? Nine. That'll be the, oh, no, no, Rewalt got 10, ten didn't he? Yep. Um, that'll be the second highest tally of the year, wouldn't it? Is there any interest in how many goals Geelong can kick before Gold Coast kick a goal? Because that would continue <laughs> their 
Oh, yeah, the run yeah, of 23. Streak. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good point. Um, is 23 the number of consecutive wins that they hold as a record? Correct, over 1952-53. Yep. Uh, yeah, so can, give us a margin, Geelong by... 113 points. I'll go Geelong by 86. Um, Max! All right, 2.10 Saturday afternoon, the MCG, the Tigers and the Bulldogs. And uh, not much on the line here now either. Uh, the Tigers. I think the Bullies will want to keep finish off their season in the... You know, in the positive manner that has... Yeah, their last month has been all right, hasn't it? It's been afforded them by a, an easier fixture, but they've taken advantage of it. So, yeah, I, I would say... I, I would say a more interesting game than one might think. Yeah, well, you think if Richmond are going to drop one, this is the one that they could potentially drop, having... Yeah, they don't like dropping ...locked it. in. Yeah, well, there's no need to, is there? I, and there's such a competitive... Um, chase for spots 20, you know, there, there's, it's game on for a couple of players. No question. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. They've got players coming back from injury. So guys really trying to keep their spots in the yeah. 22. Um, MCG. So who are some of those players? You think of Sam. Trying to keep their spots. You think of a Sam Lloyd, um, Connor Menadieu, if you got a game, he's in the mix. Yeah. Conkers. Yeah, Reese Conker would have to fight to retain his spot. And again, you look at their small forwards and you think, oh, well, they're all going to play, but they can't all play. Mm. Um, I mean, who's the new... They, they added another new kid a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, Baker. Yeah, Baker. Yeah, Liam so, Baker. So he has to fight. Garthwaite? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I, yeah, I think they'll just go on their merry way. Um and the dogs playing some reasonable footy. Bonton Pelly's been great the last couple of weeks. Uh, so you like myself not tipping another Richmond loss t- till two thousand and nineteen? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Fremantle Collingwood. Now this one has some big ramifications. Uh, if the Pies win, they will. Shore up a top four spot. If they lose, uh, there's the opportunity for Melbourne, among others, to take their spot in the top four. Um, and you might look at the results last week and think, well, are you kidding? Freo got smacked by 133 points. Collingwood beat Port by heaps. But Freo are that sort of side, aren't they? Perverse sort of side. If I was a Collingwood supporter, I could not hear this game discussed without hearing ah, ah, ah. warning warning red lights no. flashing this has got f up written all over it not really that collingwood are going to do f up but the, look frio have been thrashed they we're not subject to the wa media here in melbourne but there has been a glaring spotlight on players coach club Everything purple. They're back at home where they are more comfortable. And they get, thanks to the fixture, a meaningful game to play for their last of the season. If they were hosting Gold Coast, there's nothing they could do to right the wrongs of last week. Yeah. But if they deny Collingwood a top four, then that is there is merit in that. They have been gifted. This is their grand final, FA Cup final, you know, knockout blow Shock result all in one game, and I'm going to tip them. Are you really? Yep. Because yeah. you know why? Why? Because they're unconscionable bastards. Yeah. Yeah, they're to annoying. To follow, to understand. Yeah. And and you're right. I've got, you said something earlier this season that sort of 
stuck in my head, which is, you know, it's almost as if those home games they play are in a vacuum. You know, so Freo come out and play well and knock over Collingwood will be, you know, Freo, heave ho, and all the 133 yeah, points. They're all pre-sold pre to sort yeah. of different people. It's like, a, come on, gents, let's go out and perform. It's a different audience today. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going for the pies. I, I think the pies, the pies never strike me as a slip-up sort of side. I think they've, um, they've been bloody honourable this year, given the obstacles they've had to overcome injury-wise. And I think they they haven't... Um, what am I trying to say? I, I don't think they're a stuff-up sort of team. No, they haven't been. They've beaten everybody. Dependable. That they, they've really beaten teams that they should have beaten right throughout the year. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah. but this is tricky. And I'll be ve- what they cannot do at the selection table is trying to rush back two or three players to get a game into them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I was having a look at be, their injuries. It's going to be, be tw- mid-20s there, is it? Yeah. I was having a look at the injuries yesterday, and they've still said Trelaw might not come back. You know, he's still apparently oh, about doubtful. four oh, weeks yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, double hamstring. And they've got um, they've got quite a long list who are out for the year. Sharon Berg, Dunn, uh, Wells... Uh, Darcy Moore, I think, still a couple away. How's the one yep, that how? might come back this yep. week? Yep. How? Why? Um, anyway, I'm going for when? the... You're going for the Dockers. Where? I'm going for the Pies. Let's move on. Saturday evening, Eddie Head Stadium, 7.25pm, Carlton and Adelaide. Uh, Blues, Do something else. Yeah, well, Blues about to take out their fifth wooden spoon since 2002. Hadn't ever won one before then. Mm. Remarkable. Um mm. Adelaide. They're knocking down forests in Brazil just to accommodate them. I'm having a flashback here. Um, Adelaide fixed up Carlton in the final game of, I reckon, 2008, and it was when Brett Burton, the Birdman, took that absolute hanger. That was also at Eddie Had Stadium. I don't know why that's completely irrelevant to Carlton this Carlton had discussion. some bad last games of the year. Didn't they have one against North that yes. they lost by a million points? Yes, that was about 2004 that was or 5. playing against them. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, St Kilda, they played St Kilda at Princess Park one year. Yeah. They were down by 99 or 98 at half time. Yeah, so uh, Crows, you know, will they this leave them with a a, a lighter... Look at the season if they are able to pull pull out a good one here. No, not really. But I am. Tip, I'm, I'm going to tip you something before the game. What before the game? Yeah, I'm saying I'm tipping you something now. Oh, what for, for people who like a little wager? Crouch will get fifty touches. He'll, fifty. He'll get the fifty this week. Uh, yeah. He's mid forties last week. He'll get to fifty this week. Yeah, their best is still pretty good. Yeah, I, I reckon they'll win pretty handily. Yeah. All right, the big one, no doubt the big game. Uh, battle for a double chance, basically. Winner gets a double chance, loser misses out. Sydney Hawthorne, 7.25, Saturday night, SCG, be there. Uh, what happens, Fine. Obviously, selection is very important. Sydney will name Lance Franklin mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. Will he line up? There is some doubt. The fact that they've been talking about it in the media all during the week makes me think he will play. They've been very public about it, which lends me to believe he will get jabbed and play. Mm. I'm going to tip the Swans. You know, they've just turned it around a bit at home. That win against Collingwood was the one that got me. As, Crucial. You know, there's, if anybody believes they can't play the SCG, you're nuts. Mm. It's just how the cards fell. Good win last week, too, over the uh, Giants, yeah, yeah. coming from behind. Yeah. Um, but Hawks form, 
Ex- has been great. Excellent. Mm. More to me, it's the one ground when they were even at their best that least suited them. Yeah, although their record there, their it's, it's record I know there is good. I know it's good. I yeah. know it's good. It's it's going to be close. This isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'm tipping the Swans. Yeah, I'm tipping the Swans too. Um, massive stakes. Having said that, can uh, okay. I'll ask you this one quickly. The winner ends up with the double chance. Uh, Only Hawthorne can use it to any good effect. Okay, that was my question. Yeah. So uh, Sydney get a top four spot. They still can't win the flag in your no, book. They can. Hawthorne can. No, they cannot, but they can make the grand final. Yeah. Yeah, I think I sort of agree with that. And they can, if they make the top four and finish fourth, finally play Richmond in a final. Just one on that final. Hawthorne don't make many grand finals that they lose. Oh, look at... look at Coupled at my side. Respect. <laughs> respect. Um, all right. I, what is it? You buck... Bu, bu yakasha? Respect. Ali G. I didn't, you. I didn't set that up to have that answer, but it just occurred to me then. Um, don't lose many grand finals. No. All right, Sunday. No, they do not. Either to Richmond, by the way, statistically. Uh, no, correct. Correct. Sunday, Brisbane, taking on West Coast, uh, 1.10 p.m. at the Gabba. You're giving me that, that game, are you? Yes. It's another very interesting game. West Coast can lose top two. Yeah, they, they can. They lose a home final. Yeah, they need to win. And they will, because Brisbane will beat them. Really? Look, Brisbane, I thought they were sort of staggering to the line a bit, and I guess a one-goal win over the Gold Coast may indicate that. But they've been really good this year, Brisbane. The thing I really like about them is that Fagan is desperate to win as many games as he can. This is not a a team looking at the ladder with one eye playing games with another. Mm. I know teams don't lose on purpose anymore, but if there's even the discussion around what's better for us, winning or losing, I think that seeps into the psyche of the players a fraction. Yeah. This team is all balls out on winning, and West Coast are all out. I tipped Melbourne last week, not out of a huge admiration for Melbourne, even though well done them, but Gaff is an enormous loss. They they don't have much run. They, they get the ball to him for a reason. He's yeah. a heavy possession winner for a reason because he's a transition player. Yeah, no, their losses have been huge. Nick, yeah. Nat, him and Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, no, to Brisbane. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. Oh, look, I, I guess I'm just counting on Eagles having worked all season to get that top two spot in home final. Uh, you know, what a waste to throw it away with a, a loss to the 15th place side on the ladder. So, True. Uh, I think it'll be close, but yeah. I'm, I'm going on the Eagles to uh, to hang on to that top two spot. Yeah. All right, uh, Mel, another big one, Melbourne and GWS at the MCG at 3.20pm. Either side can still feasibly make top four, uh, relying on the stumbles of others, obviously. But um, I love this game. This is really yeah. I've Okay, well, I'll kick us off. I've got a theory about the Giants at the MCG. I, I think they're a little bit like we thought West Coast were. I don't think they play that well at the MCG. And I don't really have any explanation as to why. Mm. They had a, a decent win there over Collingwood early in the year. Yep. Um, have they played there since? Not but sure they, they have. They haven't played there much. Um, Melbourne. You know, you, Melbourne had one of those rousing wins on the road. Huge win for them. It was a great win. You always still got that thing in the back of your mind, will they let you down the next time? I suspect more that might be the icebreaker for them. Um, and particularly... 
if Freo do beat Collingwood on the Saturday, uh, it'll be all guns blazing for the Dees with that double chance opportunity to play for. So uh, I'll go for Melbourne. I, I think that last week can really be the start of something for them, and I'm not sure the Giants are as good on the G. Yeah, I'm tipping Melbourne. There still is this question about GWS. If they're not playing the game on their terms, which is free-flowing, that they're not good in the trenches. They they certainly compete there. Don't get me wrong. They're not run over. But they don't know how to win games that get down to an arm wrestle. And, and Melbourne have added that to their armoury this year. I think Melbourne can win those games. I know that they've won a few games running away. Mm. But... You know, they showed some character against West Coast. That was, you felt it was a watershed moment? I do too. I'll tip yeah. Melbourne. All right, both going for Melbourne. And uh, it wraps up with a fairly, On a high. Well, fairly meaningless game, it's fair to say. How about the curtain raiser? Okay, uh, well, 4.40pm Eddie had Stadium St Kilda taking on North Melbourne. What's the curtain raiser for? St Kilda Legends game. And uh, who's appearing in that? Umpires McBurney. Humphrey Smith and Fine. Okay, so well, very good. So St Kilda Legends and North Legends? No, no, St Kilda Legends sort of intra-club and people... Oh, just St Kilda among themselves. Well, yeah, well, it is, and, and um, well-heeled supporters who want to... Oh, is that what those things have been reduced to now? So I remember <laughs> the good old days where they used to be media and stuff. Now they just go for the, the corporate backers. Look, I'll just umpire it. Yeah. Well, I just unbought it regardless. So of one of those play. guys will probably pay you off for a free kick in the goal square or something. And I'll accept. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you were going to say <laughs> Gradually. that. Gradefully. All right, so St Kilda North, uh, great effort by the Saints last week against the Hawks. That, that was a really good game. That would have, it was by St Kilda, game. by St Kilda. No, it was. That would, have been, that, uh, that would have been as well as they've played all year, even in some of their yeah, wins, no, wouldn't it? Yeah, was it? good. So are they any chance against the Roos? Oh, yeah, huge chance. Big letdown for North Melbourne this week. Yeah. I'll tip St Kilda. Uh, ben Brown, Coleman Medal. Uh, chance though. That's the other thing. If they become Ben Brown focused, yeah. Well, that's why I think St Kilda can win. Yeah. Okay. I'm going for the Ruse. I reckon the Ruse. Uh, yeah. Dis- they'll be on. It will have been hard for them to get up this week. I think Ruse might play quite a few new players. Yeah. Okay. I, I think they've had a really good year. The Ruse. Yep. When you consider Heads the yep. preseason prognostications on them, I think they've been really good. So I think they'll. Um, what the, that phrase you used to hear as a kid? Finish the season on a good note. Oh, good. Um, it'll, okay. it'll all goes well for them. Uh, <laughs> all goes well, yeah. What are those mispronounced phrases? There's a whole segment in that. All right, let's finish it off. On footyology, never again. All right, it's been quite a political show today, so I thought I'd finish off with the same flavour, Finey. It's uh, it's all happening, as Bill Laurie would say in Canberra. Rowan Connolly, Labor member for Goldstone. <laughs> I've been listening. <laughs> That's very good. I've been listening to Parliament a bit this week. Uh, Mr Speaker. Um, no, but no, but I like the, the, just the voiceover. Yeah, yeah. Can you do that again? Uh, Mr you, Speaker. You've just got to start talking on a topic. Look, I reckon uh, when it comes Rowan to... Rowan Connolly, Labor member for Goldstone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, absolute farcical scenes up in Canberra this week. And, um, Bob Catter, National, oh, Party, oh, member oh, for, oh, National oh, Party member for Looneyville. <laughs> people, crocodiles ripping people apart. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I'm having a look at Peter Dutton's Twitter account. And if this isn't uh, Australian politics in a nutshell, so... 
5D is five days ago. Here's his second last tweet. In relation to media stories today, can you say Peter Dutton? In relation but, to but Peter... What's he, who's in the member for? Oh, uh, member for locking kids in cages. In relation to media stories Peter today... Dutton, Liberal member. Just to make very clear, um, the Prime Minister has my support and I support the policies of the government. My position hasn't changed from my comments last Thursday. Now I've got three H, three hours ago. A few minutes ago, I spoke with Malcolm Turnbull to advise him I believe the majority of the party room no longer supported his leadership. Accordingly, I asked him to convene a party room meeting at which I would challenge for the leadership of the parliamentary Liberal Party. So, Peter uh, Dutton, Liberal member for Dixon. Um, yeah, Dick being the operative word. Uh, that tweet, Enough! That initial tweet didn't age well, it's fair to say. So never again will I believe a um, federal politician when they talk about not being interested in the leadership of their party. Okay. Yours? I'll just say I've been listening to, to Parliament a bit this week. Yeah. Very interesting, robust debate on the implementation, the wider implementation on this trial for the non-cash, you know, the card for unemployment benefits, the no non-cash card. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Well, see, you don't get to read about that because all you read or hear or see in the mainstream media is about leadership challenges. Yeah, it's interesting because it's been trialled in WA, country WA and Sojourner in South Australia. Both parties sort of questioning the validity of results there. But it's now they want to implement it in northern Queensland and there's been a huge backlash against it. And a very passionate and excellent case against by a member of the Greens. Okay. Who I don't always take as, you know, because they are such a um, one-size-fits-all policy party, I sometimes question whether they think through every single issue with an open mind, but very well articulated by that female member from the Greens, whoever she may be. Okay. All right. I, I miss the bit where they say... I don't know. <laughs> All right, you're never again? Never again will we have such a politically charged program. <laughs> this has been political. I guess it's. I guess it actually is. Politology. It's probably. There probably actually is a word like sociology or something like that, but it's been way too political. Well, it's been hard to avoid. It's been an interesting discussion. Though. Am I political? Am I political? No, I think you're reasonably uh, apolitical. Yeah, are my allegiances as obvious as yours? Yours are like tits on a cow. Yeah, but aren't most people's? No. I reckon if you're interested in politics... Because oh, I'm, a, I'm a swigging voter. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's just... I, I make no apologies for that. I mean, I'm pretty set in my political views. Um, you know, anyway, any time that I can get the words parties and swinging into the same sentence, <laughs> I'm going for it. All right, so never again will theology be, be this so political. political I promise you that. Uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. All right. Uh, on that note, I enjoy. Take but I like the way the Speaker is very, even though it gets very emotional in there, He's he or she is excellently... You know, sort of a flatlining in their oh, response. Give us an example, so I want you to get excited, Mister. You know, Mister. Speaker, I cannot condone such outrageous. Will the member for Goldstein, Rowan Connolly, please take leave? You've been ejected from the. <laughs> they really eject you quite calmly. I would have been ejected quite a bit 
if I was uh, in Parliament. All right, we're doing this it again. You just said never again. We'll no, we'll... N- another episode. This episode yeah. is now the House is now. Oh, you know what else I like about what? politics? Up. Yeah. So I was listening to it last Thursday. Yeah. And it was getting to like five or six o'clock. Yeah. Uh, this will be continued. So ends today's session of Parliament. We will continue this on Wednesday or Tuesday. They just have like four days off. It's like okay, this, well, this will be taken up on Sunday, the next edition of Footyology. Correct, Footyology TV, seven thirty p.m. live on Facebook, my Facebook page, and from the studios of Southern FM in Brighton. Big thanks to Carl Bianco on the panels, and uh, very helpful as per usual. We'll see you on Sunday evening. The member will resume his seat and leave under 94A.